Morning, everybody. Welcome to Circle Church of Christ. So glad you could join us today. Uh, we are going to try something here. So uh, just through some technical technical stuff, uh, we skipped Jose's welcoming. So we're going to try doing the welcoming right here uh, before the sermon. Special shout out to Frank and Bill and John for putting out some technological fires there. Uh, but let's see. Do you guys think we can get it going or should we just go right into the sermon? Should we try to play that welcome or just go right in? Maybe we'll just go right in. Okay, we love you, Jose. It was an awesome welcome. That's totally on me, really. Uh, but anyway, okay. So we got we got some jokes here. Well, let's pray first. Uh, dear Lord, we thank you for this good Sunday. Pray that everyone could be encouraged. Uh, Lord, we pray that we would not sit in the dark, but instead walk in the light of your Son, Jesus Christ. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, uh, as you know, I like to start out with some corny jokes, so feel free to laugh or boo, whatever you want to do. All right? Let's just have a little fun at the beginning of the sermon. Uh, so, there's two preachers, and they were standing by the side of the road, holding signs. And the sign said, Repent! Turn around now! Uh, the end is near! So they were holding up these signs for everybody to see in the congregation, or in, in, who was driving down the road, everybody who's driving down the road. So the first guy drives past, and he rolls down his window, and he says, You religious nuts, let me live my life. I'm going to do things my way. And he kept driving. And they hear a screech of tires and then a sploosh as the car goes around a blind curve and plunges into the water. And then the preachers look at each other and say, you know, maybe we should change the sign to say the bridge is out. Uh, then this one, we're, I bring that, I use that joke because we're going to be talking about repentance today. And as we learned in from Thomas last week, repentance is all about turning. It's not just a change of heart, but a change of direction, right? Turning and changing and going in a different direction. Uh, and then this is another joke. It has nothing to do with the sermon. I just thought it was funny. Uh, so there is a priest and a preacher and a rabbit, and they all walk into a bar. The rabbit speaks up and says, I think I might be a typo. Think about it. It's supposed to be a rabbi, not a rabbit. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and today, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 4, verse 12. Matthew chapter 4, verse 12. And we're going to read this entire section, uh, 12 through 25. It's a longer section, but it's uh, just with the structure of this sermon, I think it was good to read the whole thing. So, Matthew, tw- Matthew 4, 12, and I'll be reading from the NIV. When you got it, give me a smile. All right, that's good. Most people. All right, when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he returned to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way to the sea along the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. From this time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. 
As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, said Jesus, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in the boat with their father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their, and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and the people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those who were suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapitalists, Jerusalem, Judea, and the regions across the Jordan followed him. So firstly, I want us to remember that Jesus was born and raised in a dark time. You could say he was born and raised in the valley of the shadow of death. In chapter 2, we remember Herod, Herod the Great wanted to kill Jesus so bad that he went to Bethlehem and he killed all the toddlers two years old and younger. Providentially, God had spoken to Moses in the dream. Moses, Mary, and Jesus fled to Egypt, so Jesus was safe. Then Herod dies, and they move back. But they decide to move to Galilee uh, and Nazareth instead of going anywhere close to Jerusalem out of fear of Herod and because God told them not to. However, Herod Antipas, uh, one of Herod's sons, becomes the governor of Galilee, so they're really not out of the woods there. Uh, he starts to spread his father's darkness deep into Galilee. And as we can see, he arrests John the Baptist. Uh, and this is Jesus' cousin. Jesus knows this guy very well, probably. Uh, actually, we don't know if this is his cousin. It's his relative. But um, anyway, he, he knows him well. And so we got to remember that Jesus is always living with this shadow of death hanging over his head. His cousin has just been arrested, and Jesus knows he could be next. And in fact, Jesus was next. He would eventually be arrested and killed unjustly, just like his cousin, relative, pardon me, bad habit. Uh, so I bring this up because our congregation, I think, is right now living in the shadow of death. Many of our loved ones have died, including my own grandfather. Some of our congregation have caught COVID-19. It's a frightening time. Never before in my lifetime has death felt so near. Every fork, knife, and spoon that we use could be deadly. Even the air we breathe could carry the fatal virus. This causes fear and conflict in our lives. And brothers and sisters, we have a choice to make. Will we allow the shadow of death to tear us away from God and each other? Or will we follow Jesus' commands to repent, to heal, and to follow Him? We're going to keep reading here. Uh, this is the NASB translation. It says, The people who were sitting in darkness saw a great light, and those who were sitting in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has dawned. So if you're reading NIV or ESV or something else, uh, your translation probably says something like living in the land of darkness or dwelling in the land of darkness. And that's a correct translation. However, uh, I like the way NASB translated this very literally here. And I think for our message today, it makes sense. Sitting 
in the darkness. Those sitting in the darkness have seen a great light. And on those sitting in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has dawned. So I, I think maybe we're feeling this, right? Anybody feeling like in COVID-19, you're just sitting in the dark? I mean, just sitting here in the dark. Just sitting in the dark. Right? Anybody identify with some of these images? How about this one? Just sitting here in the dark. How about this one? Just sitting here in the dark. I think this is very real in our lives right now. We're in a situation that encourages us to isolate. And maybe rightfully so. So it's easy to fall prey to technological addictions, I think. I see two when I'm interacting with people and chatting with people that are dangerous. The first problem could be technological retreat. And the second, technological attack. Technological retreat and technological attack. So technological retreat, what do I mean by that? Well, we find ourselves, many of us, our social life has essentially been cut off, a large part of our social life. So we find ourselves isolated with some free time in our hand, on our hands. So it's easy to fall into technological addictions. We can fill our lives with an unrealistic, addictive fantasy world that temporarily medicates our frustration, our sickness, our fear, and our grief. This could express itself in many different ways, right? could be excessive video game playing, uh, excessive binge watching of shows, or pornography. Uh, A real temptation during our time. The second temptation I see a lot during COVID could be called technological attack. So for a while, this technological retreat works, right? Makes us feel good. We get to escape, kind of have some fun. Um, But eventually what happens is we get tired of retreating, don't we? We still see that we're still sick, we're still sad, we're still afraid, we still have problems in this world and we want to see them changed. And so we can technologically attack, right? This can manifest itself in many different ways. This could be angry Facebook posts, this could be angry emails, this could be uh, lots of different attacks, it could be gossip behind people's backs, right? All of these are problems that we find in isolation. Uh, instead of going out and doing the hard work of meeting with people and reconciling with people face to face. And it's all just, it's, I'm, not, I'm not pointing finger, that's why I'm saying we, right? These are just problems during our time, during this dark time. So what's Jesus' solution? Well, he says, don't sit in the dark. Right? I see four solutions in the passage that we just read. First, repent. Second, heal. Third, follow, and then fourthly, remember that the light has dawned. Firstly, repent. Second, heal, follow, and then remember that the light has dawned. This is going to be an outline for our lesson here for those who are small group leaders taking notes. Uh, This will be what we're talking about today. You see, we're not going exactly in chronological order. Uh, It's roughly chronological order, but we're actually doing the end the beginning of the story last, because I want to end with Jesus. He's our hope. All right. So firstly, we'll talk about repent. So Jesus' first command, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Right? So if we're sitting in darkness, the best thing we can do is repent. We've got to recognize we have a problem. 
confess it to our brothers and sisters. As we learned from Thomas last week, repenting is not just feeling sorry or being sorry. It's actually, it is feeling sorry, but then it's doing a complete 180, right? A complete turn and going in the other direction. The first step to, towards healing is re- recognizing that you have a problem and confessing it. So allow that light of Jesus to illuminate your life. Find a brother or sister you can confess with and allow Jesus to take you back into the light. Only there can we find true healing. Now let's talk about healing. Second step is heal. So I know right now many of us are physically, emotionally, and spiritually sick. We're sitting in the dark, suffering from frustration, sickness, fear, and grief. Many of us have lost someone we love, including myself, my own grandfather. Right? Uh, many of us are sick. There are some people in our congregation that have COVID-19. Uh, but I want to take a look at the last two verses here in our story. This is Matthew 4, 24 through 25. Matthew 4, 24 through 25. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. So we see a couple of things in those verses there. Firstly, Jesus he healed everyone, everyone who came to him. Right? He healed Jews and Greeks, uh, people from the Decapolis, people from Judea, all over. They all flocked to him, and he healed them all. We could say that Jesus, just like our mission at Corvallis, from the very beginning, he was communicating Christ from Corvallis to the continents. He was there for everyone, every race, every nation. Uh, secondly, the next point is you can see he healed many different kinds of diseases here. He uh, it says various different kinds of diseases, those who are demon-possessed, those having seizures, the paralyzed, he healed them all. Right? So Jesus can heal anything. There's nothing, there's no problem that we have that Jesus can't solve. However, these people had to actively seek him, didn't they? They couldn't just sit in the dark. They had to get up and they had to go to him for healing. And he did heal them. He can heal us too. So I've got a hunch that some people in the congregation are suffering. Some people may be suffering, I'm sure they're suffering very many different things, but one thing may be addiction, right? Uh, you might be suffering from an addiction to drugs, alcohol, gambling, pornography, or depression. Some of us may need to share this with a brother or sister. Others may need professional counseling. I just encourage you, if you are suffering, don't sit in the dark any longer. It's a scary thing to admit that we have problems and we need professional help. We worry. We worry, will people judge us? Or maybe I can just fix it myself. In my experience, there are very few things that we can fix ourselves. So sometimes sharing with a brother or sister or a professional counselor can be a huge blessing. The book of James says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. That's from James 5.16. So if you're suffering today, I encourage you, don't do it alone. Tell God or tell a brother and sister. And for some people, maybe seek professional help. Here are some resources. Natalie Rapp helped me compile these. Uh, some local counseling resources. Friends of the Family, Corvallis Counseling, 
Mid-Valley Fellowship Counseling. This is for people suffering from sexual addiction. Contacting your primary care physician. Sometimes counseling is included in your health plan, and it's sometimes it's free or cheap. Uh, or talk to a brother and sister at Circle. I just want to put that out there. I uh, want you to know we're here for you. Uh, if anybody's suffering out there, if anybody's sitting in the dark. Uh, yeah, do it today. There's no reason to stay in the dark when the light of Christ has already dawned. If we keep sitting in the dark, we start to think, why am I suffering like this? Does God care? Is He even real? Is the church even good? But God is real, and the church is good, and Jesus is the light. Let's not let darkness separate us from God and from the church. Instead, when the darkness presses in, let's draw closer to the light. Second thing, second command of Jesus here is follow. He says, come, follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. And we see in this story that we just read, Peter, James, John, and Andrew... They simply obeyed. They left everything behind, and they followed the new light that had come into the world. They were unschooled and untrained men, but they jumped in head first. Now, I remember when I first learned to wrestle. Uh, Tony Russo's takedown camp. I think I was like, I don't know, fourth or fifth grade or something. And, uh, you know, on the first day, we wrestled. We went live. We learned three things. I still remember in that first day. First, uh, our coach Tony told you, tuck your chin so you don't break your neck. Okay, so we did that. And you, when you fall, you tuck your chin. That was lesson one. Number two, he taught us a double leg takedown, right? It's just the most basic, simple tackle takedown. And then number three, he taught us a half Nelson for pinning. And then what did he do? Go wrestle! Right? And we wrestled. Why? Because the best way to learn to wrestle is actually to wrestle. Right? That's how you figure it out. That's how you learn. You learn by jumping in. You learn by doing. And that's the same with following Jesus. If we want to follow Jesus, the best way is to just jump in and do it. Just start following Him. That's the way that we're going to walk into the light. Uh, so what does that mean for our church today? Why would you tell that little wrestling anecdote, Josh? Well, I think many of us maybe have pulled back from ministry during COVID-19. And for good reason, right? We had valid safety concerns. And I think, it's, once again, this is just like what happened, right? It's nobody's fault. But uh, I think what happened is we, at the beginning of COVID, it was really dangerous. We were worried. We didn't know what to do. So we pulled back to be safe and so that people wouldn't die. I think that was a good move, right? Uh, and then as thing pro- pro- things progressed, we kind of like we were trying to get back, but it was difficult, wasn't it? There's lots of things, lots of barriers out there. It's like, well, the rules were always changing, and we weren't sure what was legal and what was not legal. We weren't sure what was safe, and we weren't sure what wasn't safe. So we kind of pulled back, right? Uh, And I I don't think that was wrong. It's just what happened, right? Uh, However, we know now, at least from the college perspective, we know that COVID's going to be here at least three more months and probably till fall. So we can't just pull completely back forever, right? I think it's time to jump back in but in an appropriate way. So here are some ideas I have for jumping back in. Firstly, uh, teach your kids. Make sure your kids are still learning about God. Uh, teach them Bible classes at least a couple times a week, maybe every day. Uh, make sure that there's such a valuable time in their education. If you don't know how to do it, too, uh, call somebody. Call your mom. Call 
an older lady at church. Um, let's continue to do that, teaching your kids about God. Uh, volunteering at our clothing giveaway. That is still going on. And uh, from what I hear, they still need help sorting and folding clothes. Charlene could use help for that. You can contact her about that. Another thing you can do, okay, shameless plug. You guys know, okay, I confess, I do this all the time. When I preach, I always recruit somehow for campus ministry, right? Uh, but that's my job. So you can cook a Tuesday night dinner. Uh, we're still looking for some cooks on Tuesday night. You can contact Lindsay and talk to her right there, or there's her email. Or you can get trained as a Friendspeak tutor. Uh, we still have three people who are looking for tutors right now. Uh, the number is reduced. Um, and they're all guys, I'll tell you that. However, uh, you can also, this is a good time, even if we don't have somebody for you to read with, this is a pretty good time for you to get trained, right? We have a little bit more time, not as much as going on. This would be a good time to get trained as a French speak tutor. Uh, and the fourth one, get creative. Like I said, things are different during COVID, aren't they? Uh, but I want to, so we're going to have to continue to think of creative ways that we can still do ministry safely and within the appropriate government restrictions. I want to tell you a story about uh, Ruslan did that. So we were all sitting around and saying, man, what can we do? How can we continue to do ministry with all of these rules and regulations and safety precautions? And Ruslan said, well, how about we play soccer? And I said, hey, that's a pretty good idea. Uh, you know, we'll be about six feet apart. We don't have to touch anything. We're only kicking the ball. That's pretty safe. Uh, and so we went out and did that. He got a bunch of his friends together, and it was a, it was a group of eight or nine. I think it was nine. Uh, but in this group, we had people from six different countries. So it was a smaller scale, but I said, yeah, great job, Ruslan. We're still communicating Christ from Corvallis to the continents. You know? And uh, these three on the side here were all Russian speakers. They were bonding with our group really good, and I think we're going to see them again. So get creative, you know. Uh, let's continue to do ministry together. Jump in. Do something. What can we do? Think creatively, right? Um, yeah, so let's, let's not just sit in the dark, but let's jump in and be following Jesus, doing ministry with Him. And then finally, light has dawned. If I ended right here, the sermon, this would just be moralistic, legalistic preaching, right? It's all about do, 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 do. But the reality is we do because Christ has already done for us. He's already done the work. He's already preparing people for us to minister to. He's already forgiven you no matter what you've done. Uh, he's done all the work. So I wanted to read verse 16 here uh, from Matthew 4. Going back to Matthew 4, this is verse 16. It says, the people who were sitting in darkness saw a great light, and those who were sitting in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has dawned. These last words here, upon them a light has dawned. If you translate that very literally, it says, a light has raised them. A light has raised them. The darkness has faded. A new day has come. And when the sun comes up, the darkness doesn't stand a chance, does it? Only Jesus Christ has the power to bring new and lasting light to the world and in forever the power of death. Remember, no matter how dark things seem, Jesus has already won the victory for us. So 
I ask you, don't sit in the darkness. Don't let COVID-19 fracture your relationships with God and people. Instead, follow Him into the light. The virus will pass, and a new day is already here. In dark times, it's important to remember that Jesus is still the light of the world. So I just wanted to show, I've got this cute video of my niece, and uh, I just wanted to show something really positive and encouraging here at the end of the, uh, the lesson where I say, man, good things are still happening. Here's my niece, Lydia. See if we can get it to go. Yeah. Lydia, can you tell Granddaddy who did we draw? Who's that? Who is it? Jesus. Jesus. That's right. And Jesus is? Alive. Yeah, so just just to reiterate there, in case you didn't hear, hear a very cute video, but she she says she says there, uh, who is that? Lydia says Jesus, and then Mary says, and and what did he do? She says he's alive, and that's why we can have a happy day. I love you. That's the gospel from the mouth of a two-year-old. Jesus is alive. That's why we can have a happy day, and I love you. I just wanted you all to hear that. Um, So, you know, I was a youth minister for two years, so I'm going to do a youth minister thing here, and I'm going to end with a little speech from Lord of the Rings, from the Two Towers. This is Sam's speech, because I think it's just very applicable to our congregation right now. Like I said, let me use my youth minister license here. In that movie, he says... He says, it's all wrong. By rights, we shouldn't even be here. But we are. But we are. It's like the great stories, Mr. Frodo. Full of darkness and danger they were. And sometimes, you didn't want to know the end. Because how could the end ever be happy? How could things go back to the way they were when so much bad had happened? But you know, this darkness is just a passing thing. Even this darkness must pass. A new day will come. And when it comes, the sun will shine out all the clearer. Those were the stories that stayed with you, that really meant something, even if you were too small to understand why. But I think now I do understand. People in those stories had a lot of chances of turning back, only they didn't. Because they were holding on to something. And what are we holding on to, church? That Jesus Christ is still the light of the world. And that's what I'm living for. Have you accepted this light into your life? Have you accepted Jesus Christ into your life? Maybe you're not a Christian yet. You can come forward. Make that commitment. Be baptized into Him. That's the best decision you can ever make. And that will bring true and lasting life into your life. Or maybe... You're already a Christian. But over time, somehow, you've gotten sucked back in to that land of the valley of the shadow of death. 
and you've taken a weary seat. And now you're back to sitting in the dark. If that's you, have some courage. Stand up. Follow Jesus into the light. You can come forward as we stand and sing.